as we do every as we do every Thursday. And this is the Kingdom Learning Space um, weekly online Bible study. Um, the objective here is to provoke one another to jealousy, is to cause us to be driven into our individual graces. It's good to see you, Claudia. I know Claudia is in a space that is uh, a bit challenging for her at this time uh, due to um, the working hours and as well as the time shadow. Um, I mean, um, the, 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 the time zone. I mean, I think she's gone, is it an hour behind us or something? So she's able to catch on, but it's good to have you today. And I'm excited this evening. I'm not going to be lengthy. I'm going to just be very brief, but I believe there is something in here we want to step into so powerfully. So let me just get into all of this. Then we get through uh, to pray and to speak with one another. Uh, yeah, so it's about 4.30 p.m. on the other side. So good to have you. Good to have you. Amzad, good to have you. Um, it's, it's exciting to, to have you on, on this call at uh, this time. And we pray that there will be the opportunity for you to um, bring an addition, a joint contribution as the Spirit of God drives these things through your heart um, in a particular way. But it's, it's just a good place to have you unmute your microphone, Amza, and say hello. And Sierra is in the background. So, um, yes, uh, good. I would have to say good evening. It's afternoon here. It's also 4.30 here. It's wonderful to be here on the call. Um, glad to be part of what is happening, what God is doing. Uh, we, well, we follow Mark on the Sunday morning. That comes on like 4.30 a.m. So right now it's 4.30 in the afternoon. Just really glad what... Um, I, I like what God is doing, Pastor Chambliss. You'll, you'll see if you can bear me out with this one. What God is doing, he is bringing the gospel from the four corners of the earth. In, in the early days of the church, men went out into the four corners of the earth to take the gospel. Now, the gospel is coming back from the four corners of the earth into one focus point, into the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful to, um, to hear that. Veronica, you're welcome. Okay, so let's get into this. And let me just speak briefly. I have just very short slides today, but there is something in there I want us to look at. And a quick recap of some of the things that we have said before. Just, I'm just gonna jump into um, things here and there before I, I zero in on this third um, presentation. Actually, it's the fourth presentation. Um, so we said things like this. We're talking about equipped for the work of ministry. And in dealing with equipped for the work of ministry, there is that which we talked about, which has to do with the equipping triangle. The equipping triangle. The equipping triangle has God at the apex. Maybe let me see if I can find it. Let me go back quickly and let me show you this slide. 
the equipping triangle, we see this. And we see Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see the equippers. Um, these equippers, and we say this in a very guarded way and with a lot of um, honor to rate, that these equippers are privileged men and women given peculiar and special graces who at some point in seasons and the dealings of God are positioned in our lives, um, or we also find ourselves in that capacity and are positioned in people's life, or uh, both of these things are happening concurrently. And I think um, with the fever pitch with which uh, things are happening all over the world right now, I believe many, many, many of us are found in that space where we have men, we have relational dynamics of um, kingdom relationships of men who are ahead of us, men at our level, men and women whom we are pulling and bringing up. And I will encourage all of us that that should be the relational dynamics we should keep, that we have people that we can look up onto whose voice in our world will be able to shape things. And we have colleagues and friends, people we may, in another way, in a, in, a, in, a, in a principle of honor, we are on the same level with, we can relate with. And the third group of people are people who are receiving these peculiar graces. This is the picture of the equipping triangle. And we said so many things um, last two weeks and even last week briefly of, um, um, the reason why it's important that believers, we who are receiving grace, position ourselves right, right location or rightly locating yourself, having the right set of relationship. These are indispensable qualities that we must have and being available. There is nothing so sad, nothing so tragic of a person or a people who are in need but are never available to receive the equipping grace that God would have made available to them. And there's another picture of all of this we need to look at, the, about the equipping triangle. Look at the dynamics of the, um, the Olympic circle. Am I correct? Yes, Olympic circle. Look at the dynamism at play. Look at things flowing from this um, um, pyramid hierarchical nature of relational dynamics of grace flowing through to people. And in these circles, we are seeing intermingling. We are seeing, we are seeing every joint supplying. We are seeing everything giving up and summing up into one. This dynamics goes beyond the equipers. These dynamics go beyond the equipers. So I think last week, I touched on briefly um, something, yes, 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 not just briefly, but we talked about, we talked about beyond the contest and the giving of the equipers, the gifts, beyond the equipers, beyond the apostle, beyond the prophet, beyond the evangelist. It is important and it's a safeguard principle if well embraced, one will be able to be longevity as the grace and the spirit of God won't want to be in a particular space. Because very often, um, equipers decide to focus on themselves 
rather than focusing on the conduit that um, them as conduit allowing for the passage of grace to affect others. And so that is a very big safeguard and it's important we understand the context in which these things are given. So we talk about these things and, and all. Then uh, there was a recap on something. I said, there are many priests of God whose voices have never been heard in public, who have never been seen in a public way, whom are unknown, but hidden very often in the assembly and yet in the secret history fulfilling a most valuable ministry. So ministry, vocation, calling, etc. It's not only in the pulpit um, or holding the microphone. Um, so there's a, there's a whole context in which we have to begin to look at the efficiency of the four dynamics. And I think um, there's one principle we're going to pull maybe next week um, where we begin to talk again and go back to a very key principle about the context in which the, the graces are given. In this regard, we'll be speaking to both the equippers and the receivers. So um, we also touch on a very um, powerful principle by, by a gentleman called Os Hillman. Os Hillman, it's a guy who is into marketplace ministry and all and um, creating impact um, all over the place. It says, that, it says the next time you are tempted to minimize your daily work as anything less than a holy calling, Remember that Jesus was a workplace minister as a carpenter in his community. He, was, he, has, he has called you and, and he has called you and I to reflect his glory in our work. So I know Amzad is, um, is a teacher. He, the other day I saw the ad on, on Facebook. Uh, Shoba, you need to promote that ad and promote it real, real, real well. And um, um, uh, he's, he's a mathematician. He has the capacity and grace to be able to relate his ability to unique individuals and peculiar situations. So these are some of the things I want to discuss this evening in just very brief, brief presentation today. So let's get to it and then we can come back and uh, talk about every other thing. So Ephesians chapter four, and today I want to talk about relating grace in very brief, 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 brief definition. Relating grace. Now we understand that men are giving grace. We understand that men are giving a certain enablement. So Ephesians chapter four, the verse 11 through 12, it says, and he himself, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. He himself, it is a matter of divine choice. That is a very big context in which the gift and the graces are given. Now, as we discuss relating grace, um, it has a way of shaping understanding and opening um, the context and defining um, a certain tremendous capacity in which these graces of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are fitted. Now, remember that um, in if the same Ephesians chapter 4, there's something I want to say quickly. We come to read next week. In Ephesians chapter 4, 
in the verses before 11, the Bible said, um, um, therefore, says, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captives captive and gave gifts to men. But um, Paul was actually quoting from the Psalms. And that Psalm says that he might govern among the hidden, that he obtained and gave gifts even among the hidden, even among the worldly, even, and I translate say, even among the rebellious, even among the rebellious, he, he, he established gift and grace. So think about, even among the rebellious, think about an engineer, think about engineering capacity, think about um, a teaching capacity, think about an accounting capacity, think about economic capacity, think about any cross-section of gifting and calling and capacity. He has given grace. So there are men today who are apostles in business, who are um, apostles and prophets in economics, whose write-up, there, there, there is this psychologist, I don't want to mention his name, um, so that I do adverts for him anyway. So um, there's this psychologist, I don't know if he is a believer, but if you look at his style of writing, if you look at the ethical values in the things that he writes on organizational behavior, structure, leadership, uh, behavioral patterns and people, you would but wonder, this guy seems to have touched some eternal life or principles that goes beyond, beyond just um, worldly knowledge. And that said, it, uh, um, um, we, can, we can confidently say that the kingdom of God is not when you are even holding the Bible. It is possible to be an ardent follower of Christ without being a part of an organized religion, um, traditional something. It is, it is possible to be within the kingdom without necessarily stepping into church service or, or preaching the Bible. Um, the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 13, it says the kingdom of God is like a dragnet that you cast out and you draw out and it is full of all kinds of fishes, all kinds of things and items, some good, some bad. The nature of the kingdom is broader and it goes beyond and God reigns and rules in the affairs of, of the rebellion. He is given this gift because he wants to dominate and rule and find an expression of his glory out there. And why is he giving, is he giving the evangelist, now let's zero in back, why is he giving the evangelist, prophet, apostle, and all of the fivefold as it were, or as it is known, Bible says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, so that the saints will be equipped for the work of ministry. There are two ways you can read this, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. So saints are equipped for the work of ministry. And then you can also say, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, that the apostle prophet also will exercise himself in the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body the building up of the body, the strengthening up of the body um, in, in supplying 
um, resource and abilities from every side. So let's look at relating grace from this word, just this word, equipping. Then I'll stop. Let's look at relating grace from just this word, equipping. So if one is an apostle, if one is a prophet, if I'm a pastor and evangelist within a certain community or to a people, how must I carry the grace that is given me? How must I live out of that space? Very often and more also, we have come to believe and understand over the years that um, being a preacher is just um, go out there, speak something powerful, prepare some nice notes every, every Sunday and go out and teach it. That is just it. So then um, the principle of generalization, we just generalize, we just gen generalize teachings, we just generalize our activities, we just generalize our exercises without uh, reducing things to the salient level. Salient level meaning the, the, the minute granular context in which the individual capacities that these teaching and this ability um, is being meted to. So let's look at this word. The word equipping in, in um, certain Bible Bibles uh, translation, Bible translations, you will find the word perfect, either to perfect the saints, um, for the saints to be perfected, depending on how it's translated. Other translation says for equipping, for equipping. And I think modern people will, will appreciate the broad, the broad understanding for that word equip or equipping. Now the word, the word equipping or perfect or perfecting comes from the Greek word katatismos, katatismos. Now katatismos, very interesting, flows from the word katatizo, katatizo. Now the word katatizo means to mend. And several, the word actually, in fact, we can say that a lot of Greek words are actually sentences, but not words, because you pick a Greek word and it metamorphoses into several layers and several, several dynamics of, of expression. The word katatismos means to mend. Now, I want your, your imagination to begin to open up very wide and begin to link up the verse 11 that we read into this exercise, this verb, this, this doing word, this word of activity. I am an apostle for what? To mend what has been broken or rented into pieces. That is to repair. Now, I said earlier, um, as we look at these verses, or as we look at the, the issue of relating grace, it will begin to expand our understanding of the capacity embedded in the call of um, each, each um, individual grace, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, will begin to 
understand what is it that can make an ordinary man and we touched on it before that um there is a word in the verse seven of of, of Ephesians four and that word is the gift of Christ. The, the word is gift and it relates to the gift of Christ. He said he has, for he has given some, he, he himself has given the gift of Christ. That gift, that word gift is the word doria. It defines the qualitative measure of the grace, the abilities that indwell Christ supernaturally and bodily. He has released a portion of that into the role of the apostle. The thing that makes Christ who he is, that thing is locked in human vessels. And, and what is it that is on a man that can mend a life? Let me give you, let me give you some scenarios for you to think gravely about, about, about these kind of situations. There are people who will walk into our meetings and think about a man, for example, who has gone through um, several experiences, his heart, his emotions are messed up because of certain people that walk into his life. Um, a friend of mine went for waiting and there was this man who was literally running away from the wife and he had, he had proposals and documents very fat like this world. When, when he, my friend was, was telling me when the gentleman speaks, you see some flip of wisdom and depth of, 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 of uh, policies that can shape destinies and life and nations. But this man is literally running away from home. He cannot sleep at home. He cannot be by the wife. He, he is so messed up, my friend was describing. And look at the grace of God coming into such a life. There are some men, they have gone through five divorces. And, and the Bible says in Ephesians, Ephesians 5, the verse 4, it says, this honor no one takes upon himself except God appointing Aaron. That even Christ, he did not impose it upon himself. The father said, you are, today I have begotten you and you have become my son. And you are a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. It is given, it is appointed, it is rubbed in. It's a peculiar, unique ability that can repair lives. Think about the most, um, I read, in, I, have a book, I have a book here and I was, one day I just picked the book and started reading just a portion. Um, I think it's one of the books on Marion Braham. And I read a piece that was recorded of him and I'm like, wow, this guy was literally in a certain space. Okay, <laughs> I got that. <laughs> all right, all right, I got that, I got that. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> so, um, um, the 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 level of depth of capacity i got lost i got lost some somebody helped me where i was <laughs> kevin i i got lost help me where i I'm was i'm so sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry uh, you are, I, yeah go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. 
So, so just think about these awkward situations that people can find themselves in. And think about the grace of God coming in to mend such lives. Look, there was a gentleman who used to come to my meetings. And every lady that steps into his life will run away. Just after some time, they just disappear. He came to the meeting with a peculiar issue. Something keep moving in his head. They have gone to the marabouts, uh, the malams, the fetish priests. They've done everything. That thing seems not to move. I never lay hand on this guy. I never did any special thing for him. He's come to the meetings consistently, hearing the word of God. And this unique ability in the apostle began to mend his life. That moving object stopped moving, disappeared from his body. A woman came into his life and he's able to marry. Life began to change. So think about what is it that can make an ordinary man do extraordinary things? That is the thing we are referring to. Katatizo is the root word for katatismos. And the word Katatizo means to mend, to stitch together, to repair. The word, again, also means to complete. Um, you can look at this phrase in, in, in diverse ways. To complete means finish that which was started. Finish that which was started. To complete means to bring an addition, to bring an addition into what is lacking. When you read the NIV translation and you read um, Colossians chapter one, you hear Paul speaking to the magnitude of what is lacking in Christ that through his experience and work and grace that he would provide, that it will be supplied. Such unique capacity in dwelt men. The word for equipping, why must these graces be related correctly? We must understand the dynamics at work. The word also means to put in order, arrange something, to make adjustment. Think about a car that walked into the workshop with dents on it. You want to make adjustment. You want to knock out the dent. You want to straighten the body. You want to redo, you want to rearrange things that are falling out of order and bring them. So there's a whole, of, a whole lot of um, capacity that is locked up in the, the grace that is given, given to men and women in their individual unique callings and capacity that we must look at carefully and relate to. So that word also means to strengthen or make one make one what he ought to be. My goodness, I, I, I keep digging into the meaning of katatizo and I'm, I, I'm sitting back and wondering, what is it that Christ did to you, a preacher, a pastor? What it is that Christ did to you, an evangelist? What is it that Christ did to you, um, a prophet? That there is a capacity locked up in men that can make men who have been locked out on their purpose to become who they are, who can walk back into their destiny lines. There is a unique grace that makes men what they ought to be.
And it's important that we must learn to relate this grace to the individual capacities properly. So let's come to the word catatismos and just derive the meaning. So catatismos means complete finishing, complete finishing, complete finishing. Please let, let this phrase sink into your spirit, complete finishing. Just think about it. I can pause here and let's just have a conversation for a moment when you, you, you look at this phrase, when you hear this phrase, complete finishing, what pops up in your heart? What springs up? If I have to be equipped, if I have to avail myself to be equipped, if I must be equipping people and I am told in my instruction as I'm packaged and coming down from heaven, go and do complete finishing, Complete finishing. Any thoughts, any ideas, anything in your mind? Anything, anybody wants to wants to quickly share something? Yeah, Kevin. You know, um, Mark, I had this happen to me and Brenda when we lived in Arkansas. It was a brand new apartment. It was a brand new space. It was on a golf course, it was beautiful. And when we moved in, everything was furnished. The beds, the, the cabinet, everything was furnished. So you walk in and you just bring your clothing in. It's mm -hmm. fully furnished. The, the, the tables, the, the sofa, the chairs, everything is furnished everything in the bedroom everything is furnished so that's the picture that i got uh there's no work to be done for something that is completely furnished it is uh everything is available to you it is uh, it is complete mm. it's complete and so yeah I, I that's what my mind immediately went back to was stepping into a brand new place fresh no one had lived there before brand new place and it was fully furnished it was everything was already there mm -hmm. yeah that said it opens me up to um similar experience i in 2008 um we my wife and uh, my wife and adenge were dating 2008 um, um we were dating i think yeah, 2008. And then we were believing God for a two bedroom house. So that when we marry, we'll move into a two bedroom house. We we're believing God and trusting God for that. And then number two, um, we're trusting God for a job. And we prayed, prayed, prayed. And then a door opened and I got an appointment as an expatriate, as a country manager to live in Nigeria, um, to Lagos and to manage the operations across Nigeria. Now, something happened and it's my first experience. Um, um, I do have been an expatriate before, but this particular experience was very different. I'm told, get ready to leave. So I leave on this particular day of September, 5th September, 
I was on the plane, got to Lagos, and then they, I'm told when you get to Lagos, go to this particular person. She will give you keys to where you will live. So just think about complete furnishing within, within the context, because Kelvin brought something up and uh, it kind of rang a bell. <clears throat> I located this person. She joined me. I don't know even where the house is. So she, she joins me with a driver. We go straight to this location. I said, these are your keys. She opens up this, your house. And when I walked in, Kevin, just like you said, right from the master bedroom, the two guest room, completely finished. Bedspreads, pillow, um, dressing mirror, roll-on, toothbrush, peps, um, toothpaste, in that level of, 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 of completeness. As if that was not enough. I walked to the kitchen. The kitchen was fully furnished. Um, uh, cooker, gas cooker, bag of rice, um, bag of, um, sorry, box of noodles, um, refrigerator, tin fish. Oh, goodness. Complete. Tin, tin, um, what a tin fish, tin, uh, tin tomato, and and all of that. The living room, complete television. Oh my goodness! Fans, dining table, table mats. Come on. Oh. And I understood that these guys were making my life easy so I can carry out my operations as a rep of a company. So right the next day, I didn't, I didn't need to step out of the building, right in my kitchen, every single thing was, even powdered pepper, even powdered pepper was available. Right the next day in the morning, I was fixing breakfast. I had variety to fix whatever. So if we're looking at, think about it. If I am supposed to be really re receiving grace from a certain capacity, I must be very careful the way in manner I relate to that grace. We are not supposed to worship apostles, prophets, evangelists, this and that and that and that. But we are digging in and understanding that there is an ability that goes beyond that human being standing there, that woman standing there, that pastor standing there, that preacher. There is something on that man that goes beyond his individual weakness. John 1, the verse 5, um, it says there was a man, his name was John, and he was sent from God. That is the way the gift of God is loaded. So the word katatismos means if I come and I want to touch a grace, if there's any dent in my life, that dent needs to be removed. But I'm just going after a basic principle of relating grace because the grace flows as a general ability that touches people and touches circumstances, situations, and it has transformed. But 
there is an added responsibility by the meaning of catatismos, flowing from catatizo, that that grace must be applied to Claudia. Unique Claudia, different culture, different understanding, different calling, call even, even, if, even if, you pick, if you pick sets of Claudius with ability to translate. So we have Aniek who can also translate. The individuals have unique capacities to understand the same language in a particular way, translate things in a particular way to make certain meaning, unique writing styles, certain um, um, unique appendages that comes with their unique calling if they, all of them are speaking Spanish, if all of them are speaking Portuguese, if all of them are speaking French. So there is a way in which we have to begin to study the call if you are in that space relating grace if you're in that space ministering grace there's a way you have to study your call and have to come down and begin to begin to um um um, um what's the word begin to disintegrate yourself and merge yourself into ministering this grace to people so let's look at the word completely finished the word is the word also means equipping and equipping um, you will have to begin to think of the idea of master craftsman apprenticeship is very important very important with the emergence of understanding in the kingdom there are many people who are jumping here and then say, okay i am able to have capacity i can do this and that and they give disregard to the place of, of, of the gifting and the calling. I think maybe next week I can merge a number of things together, two principles together. I can look at um, the very fabric in which these graces are planted in the context of their indispensability. These graces of apostle, prophet, evangelist are given in, in, in a very indispensable capacity that the church, the body cannot do away with it. If the body, if individuals who have to arrive in their call and destinies, there is a way that these things must transmit into their world. So we have to begin to think about equipping within the context of the master craftsman and the apprentice and how the master craftsman will put his hand over the apprentice's hand. For example, if it's about sketching, to hold his hand like teaching a little child, to hold his or her hand, to draw out that shape. Sometimes when you're helping Pinky, she would tell you, oh, daddy, I can do it myself. I can then, before you see, she draws the line and it goes to the other side. But when you hold a hand, you trace it, you gradually carry her through and you say, do it now. And today she's able to write one, two, three, two, about numerals to about, about 200 and something or 500 or something she is doing just a little girl because she has not developed the capacity with her wrist and her fingers are strong and she can now model those numbers and begin to combine them as she goes so we have to begin to think about graces that occupy master craftsman capacity and that when they come into a world we may end up in an apprentice capacity without it being defined legislated we would begin to learn in our hands being held to model things up. Think about perfecting. Think about perfect, complete finishing. Think about this capacity 
to relate the giving grace to unique individual situations and specialties. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming down on my notes. So if I am receiving grace, I want to receive it in that context as well. How does the apostles unique general preaching trickle down to affect my unique call? How does that happen? So I have this summary, this huge summary. Oh, okay, I mean something here in my notes, but let's, let's read it. I have this thing. I said, in developing each believer for the work of ministry from the fivefold ministry, five ministry perspective, the ministries are to impact the same fullness of Christ deposited and through their graces. They are supposed to administer the same fullness, nothing lost, the same fullness through their graces. So as an apostle, evangelist, teacher, prophet, conduit in each believer, releasing those unique graces. So these ministries are to extend themselves beyond the generalized developmental approaches or development approaches to taking a keen interest in individuals and dynamics of groups, ethnic groups, cultures, etc., who have become a part of the household of God. Let me just read that last part again because um, I'm ending on that and then I'll make a remark which is not in my notes. These ministries, an apostle is supposed to extend himself beyond generalized development. So I walk in and I just preach. Once I preach, everybody is growing. It is what we did in charismatism. People sometimes need to be guarded. I understand that um, uh, uh, recently uh, teachers were on strike. And when teachers were on strike, I had a number of interviews where people of schools were interviewed. They said, because the teachers are not around, we are walking around aimlessly. And I'm like, you are using the word aimlessly, but you're not able to put yourself together. <laughs> there is a need for guidance. We are not talking about difference to a leader if before you even take a step to, to, to marry, whether you should marry or not. On this call, one of our sisters told us that she knows of somebody out in one of the countries where before the man even goes to, goes to bed, uh, have a loving moment with a wife, the the, 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 the senior pastor will have to approve of it. I'm not talking about that level of demonic thing. I'm talking about going beyond generalized developmental approaches to taking keen interest in Margaret. Margaret is a, is a nurse. And what is this call as a nurse on Margaret about? How do I relate even the prophetic ministration to this unique individual and the call and the capacity? How do I get into the specificity? How do I talk to dynamics of groups, unique business groups? They are all business people, but how do I relate this grace to a bunch of business people? So we have, we have, we have presidents sitting in our churches and we can't speak to them like presidents. We have we have ministers sitting in our churches and we can't speak to them and they keep going scot-free. We have unique ethnic groups sitting uh, in, our, uh, in our meetings and we cannot relate the grace of God to bring the, the, the dynamism of capacity locked in them. So every call, every, every individual 
is supposed to, an apostle is supposed to make the individual graces think like an apostle, behave like an apostle, have the effect of an apostle. A prophet is supposed to fit that prophetic ability in the people that God has, has given him um, to allow his grace to affect them. Make them behave and think like a prophet Christ. Make them act, analyze things, and see things through the eyes of the Father with a very clear uh, lens, not colored lenses of culture, and that flows through every other grace. So thank you. I want to stop here. I don't want to be lengthy on this. And next week, we'll probably pick two things to look at. Thank you. So, 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 I'm done. I'm not going to stand in this. And um, let's talk to one another. Let's ask questions. Let's begin to speak to models. How do we develop the capacity? Now, this is where you see the gravity of the call. That it is not just an ordinary call, come preach, shout, do something and go, but that I must begin to break this thing and relate to relate the grace of God that is on me to the unique individuals. Um, I give you a picture. Did you realize that anytime Jesus will speak, he will speak generally? But <laughs> when the disciples get in to the corner with you and said, but why did you talk the way said, for you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom? And therefore, let's begin to go into depth. He said, oh, um, I will speak in dark speeches and open up the parables and then the depth will flow. And therefore, this is what this parable means. It means this, it means that, it means that, it means that, it means that. We begin to drill down, we begin to go down. So it changes the work of a pastor. It changes the work of an apostle. When you look at that word carefully, catatismos, it changes the way an apostle is supposed to behave. It is not about the celebrity kind, demigod worshipped, and saying, oh, he preaches so powerfully. But then it boils down to work. When the relational dynamics begin to break in, because in relating grace, you cannot do relating grace without dealing with relational dynamics. You begin to relate to people, you really come down and speak into their world and contribute to building and making them whom God called them to be. Thank you. I'm done finally. I'm done finally. Any thoughts, any questions, any interjection, any correction, um, addition, explode it. Let's, let's get it done. I'm so saying, please go ahead. Yes, um, Mark, uh, just so many things you've said and I've been taking lots of notes, but let me start on this point where you and Calvin Chambliss um, left off talking about this furnishing part. So my experience is a little bit opposite to yours, so it will also add. When, <laughs> yeah, when my wife and I moved into our new home here, we were sort of rushed into the move. We had to kind of leave where we were almost immediately. So it was like a one day move, meaning that nothing was prepared, nothing was furnished. So compared to your experience where you went into a room where everything was there, we went into a place where nothing was there. Um, there was no electricity. Uh, we slept on a, on a mattress on the floor. 
you know, things like that. Um, so the idea of furnishing mark, we're very big, very big. Now, I watch this in terms of Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross. What he's done on the cross is that he has furnished this thing for us to walk into it. So what he has done, he said, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many mansions, furnished mansions. So here's what we're walking into a grace. We're walking into something where we don't have to do this. We don't have to work. We don't have to prepare this place for ourselves. They say, uh, one of the brothers said, there's no work to be done here. You know why? Because Christ has already done it. Everything is ready. So now it makes it easy. So that's a great place to start. It starts with a place where it's already been prepared. We're walking into it. Now, I want to share another experience where you're talking about um, how, you know, we, we filter down this grace. Um, before I came to be with the church that I am now, under the leader that I am now, in my previous um, community, God began to speak into my heart that whatever was there wasn't sufficient. The the grace that that leader carried, that senior elder carried, was not enough. God was actually saying this to me, that what he wanted to do in me, I needed to be under different leadership. And God directed me to where I am now. And under that leadership, where I did not grow, where I did not develop, I began to grow and I began to explore. It's just exactly what you were saying, Mark, taking the hand of the child and tracing, taking it step-by-step, step, leading it forward. So this is how the grace works to exactly where I am today, Mark. And, and it's not that it's finished. It's not perfected as yet. It's an ongoing thing. So there are many things I can say and I could share quickly. Um, uh, one of the things you said in your early statements is about he himself, Christ himself gave these gifts. Here's the thing about that. If you have it, you can't give it up. And if you don't have it, you can't manufacture it. Those who try to manufacture it, it's a false grace. It's a false gift. And sadly, we have quite a few of that going around. The other thing about this, Mark, is that this grace, this whatever gift we carry, whatever gift is upon you or me or any of these, these um, esteemed members here tonight, is that it must work in the body. You keep, you see the focus in, in Ephesians 4 is always to the body. When Christ walked in the earth, he walked in a body and the gifts resided in Christ. When Christ mm -hmm. left the earth, he stripped these gifts into portions, into parts, into graces, gave them to men. But the only way they can work is that they must work together. They must work in a body. So to me, this is an extremely humbling experience knowing that I can connect to you and I can gain from you and tap into the grace that is in you. Any one of these brothers here tonight and to anyone else that I am tapped into and to know that no one person has all these save Christ, but together we can all have them. Wow. This is so beautiful. There's something... Hans said um, that I want to quickly touch on so that any of us can jump in. Um, the broad contours that speaks to complete finishing. Mm 
So um, Kelvin and I, in our experience, work into complete, complete something. And um, then he walked into an uncompleted something. So no electricity, no chair, you have to sit on the floor. Just think about that experience. And, and if you are in, this is where the work really is. If you are in that space, um, somebody like Albert, you are in that space of relating grace to people, um, you can think about the incompleteness that walks up to you. You can, you can think about um, um, that man whose life is so messed up and it's not going to take just anything to fix him. And God uses relationship to fix things. So think about the, the thing of being complete, lacking, and then there is something that is poured on a man and a woman to begin to supply all the tools. In fact, there's, there's one meaning I left out, the word equipping. Uh, um, it also means to give the right set of tools, the right set of tools for the work of ministry. So somebody is fitted into a certain space and you, you have an ability and the person may not even know or know, but now lacks all the necessary tools and skills to be able to step into that there is a need for grave supply of the ability of Christ through you in order to allow that person to be complete, completely finished. So it is real work. It is not just about the jumping and teaching and all of that, but it's, it requires an attention, interest in people and supplying something that will allow them to function properly. And the second thing I quickly want to touch on is that um, issue of the body experience, the context in which these graces are released is released within the body. And a very simple principle is you and I, whether we lead the most powerful organization in the earth, any leader, it, it doesn't matter whether you lead the most richest Christian organization, kingdom, fraternity um, of Christ, Jesus and Sons Company Limited, and Jesus and Sons, where body parts can be pulled from heaven and manufactured and another replaced. It doesn't matter in what space you step in. You and I cannot be anything more than what the body is. You and I cannot be anything more than what the body of Christ is. It behooves on us to have a revelation of the body as we deal with the issue of equipping for the work of ministry we will have to return strongly to that place of the fullness that indwells the body. God bless you. Anybody, anybody jump into this. Something may be burning in your heart. You want to, you want to speak to, to read, or you may want to ask a question. I see some comments here. Let me quickly read, read them. I see, okay. Uh, I see Claudia said, wow, that's such a blessing, brother, to be in a community like uh, like this, where you can grow and develop. So beautiful. Claudia, Claudia says that. Yes, it's open. Any of us? Shoba, you want to say something? Or the Bible says, I am a shorty one. So Hamza have said it all. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Good evening, everyone. You know, I just want to stress on, you know, um, 
in the body, you know, it's, it's, it's not just one person, it's not just one gift, and it's not just one type of prophecy, you know, it's, it's basically, it's like everything becoming one, you know, it's like, it's like all of us as individuals, we carry a certain grace then, you know, and we connect to each other. We connect to each other. So it's very important that, you know, um, we help each other to flow and we help each other to, to release that gift inside of us. Because we are all one. We are all one. From the head straight down to the feet, we are all one. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Yes. So Mark, just want to touch on something again where you made mention that you know one of the meanings is to mend that which is not so went off inside of me to mend that which is broken i'm thinking about so many broken people if if we look mm -hmm. at jesus as our example let's look at jesus as the apostle the prophet the pastor the teacher the evangelist let's look at jesus what did he use the grace and the gift for it was to heal broken people so he meets this woman sitting at the well um, she's broken. She's been broken many times over and over. And what does he do? The grace reaches out of him and touches something in her that heals the brokenness so much so that she begins telling people about it. it, it, it the grace transfers so much so she runs into the village being an evangelist herself. Mm. Jesus meets a woman caught in the act of adultery. He sets her free. Because these people who do these things don't do these things simply because uh, they are caught in vices because they haven't understood the truth. When the true graces touch them, they begin to see themselves for who they really are. Some people are really caught in these things when they really need the gifts of God to touch them and set them free. Just think about the man, the demoniac of the Gadarenes, when Jesus, he's another broken man. And think about the Bible doesn't record all what these persons did after Jesus and they encountered Jesus and the grace that was upon him. But we are sure, I believe for sure, that many of them would have gone on to carry that grace to others and to actually uh, cause healing in others. A man, that, that mending part of it, that, that's big. That's big, man. Yeah, I just want to say that. Wow. You, 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 you touch on that and something went through my heart and I'll hold it for now and let's have people chime in and then I can share my thought. You, you touch on that and something went deep through my heart in just a moment. My goodness. Wow. Wow. Anybody else wants to share any thoughts? I almost want to hear what you have to say, Mark, about about that. I almost want to hear what you have to say regarding that. What you what you what you're feeling right now? Um, I was thinking about this issue of equipping. What we are using to equip is the measure of Christ's gift. It's the measure of His gift. That I mean, it's Him. It's actually Him. He's doing the furnishing. And um, when you were talking about using the example 
of tracing with Pinky. And I thought about, my mind went to this passage of scripture in 2 Kings 13, when Elisha was about to die and Joash, uh, no, I, well, I'm sorry, the, the king, yeah, Joash, the king of Israel came down and he was weeping and so forth. And, and how Elisha put his hand on the uh, the king's hand when he had the bow. He mm-hmm. put his hand on it. It's like he's covering him. Like he he is, you know, and then he said about the arrow, he said that it's the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. The arrow of the Lord's deliverance. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we have to go back to Hebrews when we think about this, where it says, no man takes this honor to himself. You can't call yourself to this. You know, I mean, it, it, God has to equip you. He has to give you the heart for it. And he has to give you the desire. But, you know, when I think about this being a measure of Christ's gift, stewardship comes to mind. Mm. That though I'm gifted and graced, I cannot use it as I will because I'm a steward of the mysteries. I'm a steward of his, of his grace. And... Um, so he always has to cover me. He always, his hand has to always be over my hand. You know, he has to cover me. You know, um, and that's, that's the great thing because that's what causes the, the fully furnished to, to really become effective. Because remember now, we have this treasure, but it's in an earthen vessel. And sometimes we, we, we kind of, we mess it up because of sometimes we get zealous, sometimes we don't obey, or sometimes we move ahead of God, or sometimes we move behind God. That's part of the treasure being in the earthen vessel. But this is why it is so important to to yield and to submit this grace to the Lord. You know, um, yeah, we're carriers, wow. we're carriers of of His of His grace. Well, you know what I'm thinking when uh, Amzad was talking, um, suddenly my mind um, began to flip into the difficult environments that some of us may be working working in. Think about it. Think about the level of brokenness that surrounds you. And think about about the movement of the Holy Spirit on the brokenness, Genesis 1. Think about the ease with which the Holy Spirit is moving and not perturbed about whether that place is too deep and dark and not informed. I get a sense that the believer will have to enter into a very strong equipping of himself in order to live in certain spaces. We are not supermen, we are not superwomen. We, we may not be called to transform any other space, but there may be one unique environment you may find yourself in, one unique individual so difficult. This person is just so difficult, so difficult. And it's just that God have sent you to that space and you have every right to just be exasperated and angry every time. 
every right to just break out and throw your hand and do all kinds of crazy things. But think about this unique thing planted in you that can do equipping in so powerful, in a very powerful, unique way that you, um, you may not even realize it. I'm beginning to think about the, the, the ability to be patient, <laughs> staying power when it all seems to be going down in the wrong direction, that you stay in that environment, you have a very clear sense of what tomorrow looks like. And that you become like Paul, that the voyage is going to be in jeopardy, but nobody will be lost. The weight of what is the gift of Christ, what is Christ himself transmitted into various, um, if you were, technologies, abilities, skills, understanding, uh, graces being put in us that will allow us to be effective in the world ahead of us is something that we must begin to soak ourselves in deeply. This is something that um, kind of held my thoughts a bit. Let me read here. Maggie says, thanking God for this call. I just want to say that all of us have a role to play in the kingdom or the body of Christ according to our different graces. Most at times, we want to walk in other people's grace. And this usually brings conflict and confusion. It is my prayer that we will walk in God's grace in such a way that we will perfect the body of Christ. So powerful, so powerful, so powerful, so powerful. Um, yeah, that's really good. That's really good there. Um, we understand that each person carries a different grace. Um, and that's important because the grace that you carry, Mark, is not for you. <laughs> the grace that you carry is to help me. Um, similarly, the grace that I carry is not for me. So some people think about it that the grace I carry is for me. Um, it is to make me. It is to be me. But the grace that we carry is not for us. The grace we carry is for everybody else. It's for the body, you know. Um, my wife's always saying, I'm always praying and giving people words and so on. Uh, why don't I hear something for myself? But I'm not sure if that works for you, Mark, but it doesn't <laughs> work for me. I, <laughs> God doesn't I'll really you, give. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you how that happens. <laughs> uh, God doesn't give me words for me when I pray. God gives me words for who I'm praying with or praying for. So. I know and I understand that what's on me is not for me. I don't teach myself. I mean, I learn, but I don't teach myself as a teacher. I teach the body. I teach, well, you know, in the natural, I teach my classes. Um, that sharpens me a bit, but the gift on me doesn't, it's not really for me. It's really for everyone else around. They just get to soak up all the goodness. So I don't know if that works for you, Mark. Okay, so let me jump into that and say that. Um, in the prophetic environment, it is usually very difficult to discern yourself. It is very 
difficult as it is in yourself, but all prophetic persons should develop the ability to discern themselves. It's important. Um, it has a way of um, shaping your family. Like um, if I tell you this week, the amount, the number of dreams that I've had about my family and the way it's shaping my prayer, the way it's speaking to things and um, the manner in which I'll be able to even speak to my children. Something is changing, is changing in me. Um, I, I, I can't tell all of it, but I think along the way, I started cultivating the habit of wanting to hear me for me. Um, wanted to dream. So I go to bed every night, for example, um, and say, God, I want to enter into your dreams. And I want to see what you, you are dreaming about me, you're thinking about me, and um, what will happen the next day around, around, around me, in, in my country, in my world, my friends. You know, that is the way I give my heart to, to, to God. So I, I go to bed expecting to dream every night because God is dreaming about me. Revelations 4, it says proceeding from the throne are thunderings, lightning, and voices. God is speaking always. So I want to encourage everybody on this call, cultivate a habit. And then another thing I think that may be helpful is that day you set aside to pray for yourself. I mean, all of us, all of us, at least set one day, one day. I I think I have two days of the week or three days of the week that I spend some quality of amount of time to address me and pray about me and deal with things. For example, on a Fridays, I just spend the time praying about tomorrow, for example, when I wake up at 2.30 a.m. or 3.30 or 3 a.m., I'm going to be praying about prophecies and visions. I call them defined by heaven. Things that have been spoken about my life that I want to see them materialize. I want to pray into them spoken over my family, spoken over the ministry, the people I lead. Those things, I take them personal. I want to pray. Mondays is my recuperation. After, after all the shouting Sunday, I want to pray Monday and pray into certain specific graces and abilities that I've seen that I want to walk in and, and submit my heart. Um, any aspect of my life that is not experiencing the salvation of Christ, I want to submit it. And I believe as you do these things because um, God, God will begin to speak to you and guide you because you are getting to an intimate moment with him. You are entering into some intimacy with him and he will begin to unveil his heart. And then lastly, lastly, even just after your prayer, you want to spend some quality amount of time just listening. I call it listening prayer. Adoration without words. Prayer without words. Where your heart is just going all out to him and you are listening, looking to see, and you may finish and not hear anything, but you'll be surprised down the road when you're on the road, a scripture will just flip out and that scripture will just speak personally to you. Or you'll be in a conversation and somebody will make just a single comment mm, or a little, a little girl, a little boy will just make a comment to you, or your son will just make a comment to you and something happens to you. Something happens to you. 
So these three things can be very helpful. Be expectant, go to bed, expecting to hear from God about you, your world, what will happen in your nation tomorrow. Does God have a word for somebody? Expect it. So it's difficult, but if you succeed in discerning yourself, my goodness, you will save yourself a lot of headache. I know of somebody who was supposed to travel, great, great, great prophet, great prophet who can see depth, depth about people, depth. I'm talking about, I'm talking about depth that will marvel you. The mother was very ill and he wanted to visit the mother. The night before he had a dream that he was traveling, he got to a particular place in Ghana. He had to go over a particular bridge and there's actually a bridge there. You have to drive over the bridge, very beautiful place. And he had an accident and he lost two of his legs. Just by that dream, he didn't travel. So he did a travel the next day. And when he got to his village, it was a very funny story. I don't want to get into that. Let's, let's chime into this. Let's chime into this. So we will have to, we will have to get into this. Paul said, the grace of God given to me for you. So let me make a very serious comment. If I'm receiving, like Hamza is shared some thoughts, Kevin is shared some thoughts, Maggie is written, um, um, uh, Claudia is making comments. All of us are sharing something. If I am listening and I am receiving, I have to begin to receive things from the qualitative dimension of Christ. Going beyond Veronica. The next time a man or a woman lay hand on you to pray, come on. Position yourself to receive that qualitative measure. That thing goes beyond that man that is standing. I'm not talking about receiving from polluted hands, polluted vessels, but I'm talking about that purity. So the next time some body of believers are saying prayers over me, I'm going to receive that thing with severity. Thank you. Thank you. Whoa, Kevin, I'm throwing this into your hands. You want to, you want to help steer us through this space at this time? And yes. Then... Yes, Mark. Um, uh, I would assume you want to pray in this season right now, huh? Yes, yes, yes. I can just yes, say, yes. I can just say a word of prayer. Mm -hmm. And let me just do that now. Then I'll allow you yes. to jump. Father, we want to thank you. Lord, we see something building up that goes beyond even our understanding. Lord, we see you pointing to something and awakening something in the background that we can feel our hearts reaching out for. And, and in some ways, our imagination seems to be limited. Our understanding seems to be locked. Father, I ask that um, the new normal of understanding flowing from these things discussed and beyond be open to us. Lord, I ask that your grace be poured. I ask that your hand will come upon us and release impartation and dimensions. Let limitations in our thoughts, in our hearts, in our emotions be broken. Let the 
the, the lack of understanding and the dark portions and understanding be removed. Let us begin to enter into your capacity afresh. In reading Ephesians chapter four, that you gave gifts to men and that we shall be equipped, that the work of ministry be executed, that we will fill up into the man, that stature, that standard, that context in which we, the gift is given and we are being built. Father, I pray that by your own guidance, by your own help, you will help us to step into these things. Lord, as we lay down, let prophetic capacities be activated. Cause us to enter into the things that you are dreaming about us. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor. Lord, cause our senses to be awakened that we will enter into a fresh, a fresh awakening like men who have been awakened from sleep into a new understanding, into a new awareness. Lord, make us to become aware of these angels that you have assigned around us. Cause us to develop capacity to enter into partnership with them and to work with them and to see daily the call manifest and purpose fulfilled. Father, I pray, even into that thing um, Maggie wrote, how some of us sometimes we want to seek to become like that man, that woman, that brother. Father, let heaven begin to define us in our individual unique spaces. Let us enter into a rediscovery of your call that is older than the devil in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Kevin, I'm done. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, good to have you, Erica. Good to have you on this call. Thank you. So we we would put um, just a quick one, very just a quick one before you, you jump in. Just just a quick one. We um um we I did upload last week's teachings onto the podcast and onto YouTube. I want to encourage you. Um, these days, I see a lot of us busy. Myself, I get I get super busy, and I and I get lost in so many things. So I'm trying to help myself in a way to make things a bit easy. So please subscribe to the channels. And so you get a prompting every time we put something out there. Veronica, I saw your microphone unmuted. Please come, come in, come through. Oh, I didn't want to say much. Um, I just wanted to say that I, I've been super quiet because I'm kind of absorbing a lot. So um, uh, God bless you, Mark, for that teaching. Very, very relevant for today. Thank you, plenty, plenty. Thank you. Kevin, sir. Yes, sir, Mark, yes, sir. You want to bless us? You want to release the benediction before we I go? Would be, I would be glad <laughs> to. I would be glad to. <laughs> oh, boy, it's just so good for us to be here. It's so good to see Amazad. Um, we don't get to see him that often. We, we would see him some time ago, but uh, what a great place to spend part of your vacation. 
Amazon and for what you've shared with us here today. Thank you so very much. And, uh, and Mark, uh, for just letting God use you the way that he does and the insight and all of these things. It's just so good to be here. It is so good to be here. This environment is not based on, you know, population. <laughs> it's based on the presence of God. God's presence is here. And, and I, I just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. So, so good to be here. So good to be here. And so I just want to just bid everyone farewell. And, and again, um, we, Mark will be uploading this uh, when he's able to do it. But uh, we have it all captured on, on audio and video uh, for those who, who would like to have video as well. So I'm just so excited to be a part of this. I, re I really am. So thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. So if that is it. Thank you. Yes. Be well, everyone. Be well and have a